Welcome to Curveball Defied. On today's podcast, we have the pleasure of having Todd Benson. How valuable was your baking experience and all these networks to what you do now? We've gone through a bunch of different eras in, 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 in business in terms of just, you know, what was um, you know, kind of incredibly valuable and some of it's influenced by you know, kind of technology. So, uh, you know, kind of going back, you know, 20 years ago, um, in 20, 25 years ago, you know, the, um, you know, kind of the, the, the advent of Lotus one, two, three in Excel, which came about in probably, I don't know, kind of like, you know, kind of the late eighties or kind of early nineties, you know, but people that understood sort of kind of finance and could build a model and all those sorts of things that became an incredibly valuable sort of kind of skill and the banking skills and the skills of thinking about understanding value, understanding capital structure, understanding, um, uh, financeability, understanding covenants, understanding all those sorts of things were, you know, incredibly valuable in terms of the, you know, kind of the LBO world and the private equity world, um, you know, uh, 20 years ago. Uh, today, I would say, you know, that those skills are, while important, are probably kind of table stakes because everyone sort of has a pretty good understanding of finance. And the finance skills um, have, have become, by and large, commoditized. And so the, the skills right now are, I think, the ones that are you know, kind of most valuable are around some esoteric things around product, uh, around things like design, uh, ring, around things like, um, you know, just various, you know, kind of different sort of kind of skill sets in terms of, um, uh, you know, uh, coaching, mentoring, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, just like all, all those sorts of things. Not to say that the banking skills aren't valuable, but they aren't as valuable on a relative basis as they were 20 to 30 years ago, uh, as they are today. And they're just other sorts of things, which are, you know, where, where people are sort of kind of, you know, kind of getting value because the, 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 the world is, is more, you know, uh, you know, like the, the biggest, you know, kind of PE outcomes or the biggest, you know, kind of investing outcomes, um, you know, by and large, of just coming from something other than financial leverage and deal structuring. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that's super important is being ahead of the trends that do happen. And right now, the world is changing with the rise of Web3, as long as all these engineering feeds uh, that Elon Musk is a part of, as well as all this other technology that's coming out that most people don't even know about. What, was, what industry excites you the most that's not really being discovered or being talked about that much by the news well i don't you know i don't i don't know the um look i think they're all i think the world is you know going to incredibly you know kind of in in flux right now it's actually an industry that i'm i'm only indirectly invested in you know kind of through other funds and those sorts of things but i think actually healthcare is really interesting just in terms of the fact that it's approaching 20 percent of gdp it's twice what it is in other countries and, you know, with a, you know, kind of just with our demographics and just with what we've learned sort of kind of going through COVID and, you know, a, an industry that is fundamentally, you know, structurally inefficient and, you know, kind of in, in by and large poorly managed, but so important to the health and, and, and wellness and success of a society. So I think actually you know, kind of what's going to happen in healthcare probably over the next 10 years is super interesting. I also think another kind of broken industry is education. Uh, education is another kind of broken industry that, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, is, is ripe for disruption, is being disrupted. And there are interesting things sort of kind of going on there. Um, and, um, you know, I think that, um, 
things around probably, you know, an interesting, you know, kind of area is around to a certain extent, maybe even like, you know, things around kind of government or public, you know, kind of in, in public goods and things like that, just to bring more technology and, and changing that in order to kind of make, you know, uh, the citizens, citizens, um, you know, kind of lives better. So those are some things which, interestingly enough, I'm not, you know, kind of all that, you know, um, actively involved or certainly not directly involved in, you know, in any of the, 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 you know, the, the, the companies I'm in, in, involved in uh, as a board member, but I think those are some of the more big, big, large parts of, of the economy that are, are laggards uh, in terms of adopting technology. And I think we'll see a, a, a lot of change in 10 years from now. Yeah, for sure. And even looking back in like the past decade with drones before the U.S. government was never using drones and now they're using them for surveillance as well as missile strikes and whatever stuff else they're doing with drones, which is definitely not disclosed to American people. And one of the things that is super exciting about the whole investor scene is the fact that you're able to see kind of like a flower blossoms. And that's kind of what every investor hopes happens with a company that they invest in. Can you talk about like one of the first early times when a company that you invested in had a successful exit? And can you describe the the feeling and kind of like why you think it was meant to be that this company was successful? Mm. Well, we had a lot of success, but you know, kind of within our you know, kind of our business at you know, kind of city, and we did I think over the decade like seventy LBOs, and eighty you percent know, of them were were successful. So you know the the I think the 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 successes I think that are more interesting are the ones that have been involved in kind of in the venture space at this juncture, and it's not so much the exit because the exit is um, well I can I can share actually you know, kind of one where it's it's actually kind of bittersweet, which is. I had the privilege of being involved with a business called L2, which benchmarked the digital competence of brands. That was started by an incredibly charismatic and wonderfully generous and hugely talented uh, gentleman by the name of Scott Galloway. And Scott has gone on to sort of kind of fame. He's actually got a best-selling book out now, Drift, and he's written three other books. And he's got a podcast called the uh, Prof G, uh, and he's got a... Um, podcast with Kara Swisher called Pivot. And so he's, he's had, you know, a tremendous amount of sort of kind of fame, but I would say that, you know, kind of like, um, you know, the, the, the exit is, um, and every time that I've been sort of kind of involved in an exit, they've sort of been kind of bittersweet. It's wonderful to have success. It's wonderful to have a financial gain for oneself. And if one's a, you know, a fund manager for one's LPs and to put money in one's pocket and to ring the bell and say, you kind of, you got a job well done. But on the other hand, it's, you know, a little bit um, bittersweet in that, you know, for so many years, you've sort of been involved with people and building something, whether it's an LBO or whether it's a, you know, growth stage deal or a venture stage deal, where the companies are going, you know, kind of up and down and, you know, kind of all over the place and the trials and tribulations and really kind of just like really strong, you know, personal and professional relationships are formed. And then you sell the company and, you know, if you're a board member like I am, or an you know, an, or an, an, an investor in any way, shape, or form, um, you know, that comes to an end. Uh, and um, so it's you know, it's it's great from a, from a wealth creation and stewardship of others' money. It, it's um, 
you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's um, to, to a certain extent, it's a little bit kind of bittersweet in terms of just, you know, kind of like that, those kind of great, um, you know, kind of keeping the team together and working together and, you know, kind of all those sorts of things, you know, kind of the, the, you know, the band, the band, so to speak, basically, you know, kind of breaks up. Uh, and, um, you know, and, and we all go on and, you know, maintain those friendships and those relationships, but like the, that dynamic, you know, kind of no longer, you know, persists. Yeah, it's, it's always sad when something good ends. And when you look at some companies that after successful exits, what they were able to accomplish with the most successful one being and well known as the PayPal mafia, like that's just so insane to think about the fact that all these people were part of one project. And now they created like Tesla with Elon Musk and they created LinkedIn as well yeah. as like several other successful companies. And I think it's interesting the way that the world works and the fact that after you work on one successful product, you then try to replicate that or in a different industry and you try to address a several another issue. And I think that hunger and the knowledge that you get as a founder, you can't you can't teach it. It's one of those things where you have to be in it. And once you have boots on the ground and you've done it, it makes it a little bit easier. It's always it's never easy to start a company, but once you've already done it, you already know what do you do if you approach this mistake or how to pivot or how do you make these mistakes. But one of the most important things that I think a lot of people overlook when they're starting a company is that work-life balance. Working a lot is never going to like solve all your issues because you're going to overstress yourself. And then if, once your health declines, you're not going to be able to work as much. Can you talk a little bit about how do you have like that right work-life balance, especially when you're starting off something and you're so passionate about it? I think it's really hard. Honestly, I think it's really hard. I don't know anybody that's, um, I don't know anybody that's super successful. Maybe it's just like the, the people that I know, but I don't know anybody that's super successful that, that has work-life balance. Um, and I think, you know, the, those who, those who do, or those who like make the most of it, basically for them, work is their life and that's their fun and it's where they get their energy and it's where they get their joy. And it is so, you know, intertwined with kind of everything that they're doing that like their work becomes, you know, their life and they're, they're able to kind of weave, you know, everything about what they're doing, you know, kind of into their work. Um, but it's, it's tough. And I think particularly so, um, you know, particularly so when one is in their twenties and thirties, um, you know, I think the fact that, you know, I and, uh, and others like me have, you know, uh, a modicum of, and it's really, I think it's really kind of the more important thing is actually kind of control over one's schedule. Um, you know, control over one's time, because that is the one commodity that no amount of capital or technology can scale is time. Um, you know, I think that's a function of basically just the fact that, you know, from age 20 to age 40, I did nothing but work. Um, and, um, you know, uh, you know, it was a, you know, uh, and, or, you know, very little other than work. Uh, and, um, you know, I, you know, I, I think it's a, I think it's a really tough thing to do. And I think, you know, kind of, I think people are just sort of kind of wired in a certain sort of way. There are a lot of people that are wired to say, you know, look, I want to have a balanced life and I want to have, um, you know, a ton of friends and take a ton of vacation and, you know, not work at night or weekends or anything like that. And um, I think that those people are fundamentally, you know, happier and more content and all those sorts of things. And I, 
um, you know, I, just like the Venn diagram of those people and the people that go on to kind of build meaningful companies or, you know, achieve things you know, kind of professionally or, you know, are, are, you know, kind of tend to be very few that are blessed to, 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 to be those folks. Most of them, you know, it's a function of base that most of them, their success is a function of the fact that they worked 50% harder than everyone else. And, and, you know, and maybe they only had 10% more talent, but 1.1 times 1.5 is, you know, you know, you know, kind of works. Right. Um, and so, um, and, and, and throw in some luck. Wow. Thank you so much, Todd, for sharing your story on today's podcast. We really appreciate all the words of wisdom that you had to say, as well as the life story that you shared with us. And we'll put in the footnotes of the show, uh, your LinkedIn, as well as other links that you would like the audience uh, to have. If you have anything to say to the audience, now is your chance. And thank you again so much for coming on to today's podcast. Look, I, I look, I, is it, you know, it's, um, a privilege to kind of come on and, and share a little bit with you. And uh, I guess I would say is, um, you know, kind of one of my uh, kind of lasting kind of departing things is um, in thinking about my own kind of career is an advice I always give young people is to choose your friends aspirationally. Um, we all become the arithmetic average of the five people or, or so that we spend the most time with. So your work colleagues, your, uh, you know, in particular, um, you know, I always say to people basically, go work for the company, you know, yes, it's important to find a kind of a great brand and a great name for your business card, but go work for the company where the people are, um, you know, that you think basically the people that I'm going to work with are going to be the people that I think most highly of, because the world's going to change. When I got out of college, the internet didn't exist. Cell phones barely existed. Um, you know, all these things are basically sort of kind of developments. Um, my cl analyst class at Solomon Brothers in 1987 was the first year that they put computers on the desk of analysts. Think about it, you know, in a, in a, a processing and data and spreadsheet intensive industry like, you know, investment banking didn't have computers on the desk of analysts uh, 35 years ago. And so all that's going to change. But what's not going to change are basically finding people that will invest in you, that will are, are curious, that they're humble, that they're others oriented, that they're empathetic, that they're caring, uh, and that they are ambitious. And if you hang out with those people, and if you find those people you know, kind of in life or wherever you may find them, you may find them in work, you may find them in school, you may find them through a religious organization or a hobby or whatever that might be. But like those are the people that to find and just you know, kind of cherish and nurture those relationships and find a way to become invaluable to them. And, 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 and you know, my, my, my view in life is basically if you get at it, um, the ball, you know, doesn't always bounce your way, but more often than not, it will. So good luck to everyone. If I can help anyone, you know, David is going to mention me, kind of my, my, my LinkedIn there. Uh, my email is teb at Harrington, one R, H-E-R-I-N-G-T-O-N, L-L-C. And I'm happy to, you know, kind of to help anyone, you know, in any way, shape or form I can. Uh, and with that, you know, thank you. Thank you.